Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. My number one album. Big shocker to me. Also folklore. Whoa. Are you ready to dive into all things Taylor Swift? Good for a Weekend is the ultimate podcast for any Swiftie. With new episodes dropping bi-monthly, as well as bonus episodes to give you real-time reactions to the latest rumors and news, it's your one-stop shop for all things T-Swift. We also love connecting with our fellow Weekenders, so be sure to connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and or Discord to share all your Taylor thoughts. Good for a Weekend is available wherever you get your podcasts. I know. Folklore just is that. Like, it's a perfect album. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to The Spark Parade, where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Ons at Spark Parade on all social media. As always, thanks so much for joining me. It's the start of Pride Month! Yay! Or at least it will be tomorrow, so you've still got time to get your Nobody Knows I'm a Lesbian t-shirt. And if that wasn't exciting enough, I've got something else very cool and very fun for you today. Do you like cool and fun stuff, or is it not for you? I mean... If it's not for you, then I am very sorry to disappoint, because my guest today is podcaster and comedian John Lovett, who spoke to me about his spark, the critically acclaimed video game Outer Wilds. Uh, John was, to be perfectly frank, an utter delight. This is both a very sweet, touching conversation and a fun, funny one. What more could you ask for? That was a rhetorical question, but I'll still answer it. You could ask for nothing more. Nothing. Okay. Let's cut the shit and get down to business. Quick John facts. John Lovett is a podcaster, comedian, and former speechwriter for politicians, including Hillary Clinton and former President Barack Obama. In 2017, he co-founded liberal media organization Crooked Media with his friends and fellow Obama staffers John Favreau and Tommy Vitor. Lovett co-hosts Crooked's flagship podcast Pod Save America, as well as his weekly live podcast Love It or Leave It. He is hitting the road with Love It or Leave It this summer for the Errors Tour, which kicks off in San Francisco on June 22nd. Quick Outer Wilds facts. Outer Wilds is a 2019 action-adventure video game developed by Mobius Digital and published by Annapurna Interactive. In the game, the player character explores a solar system stuck in a 22-minute time loop that ends with a star going supernova. The player progresses through Outer Wilds by exploring the solar system and learning clues to the cause of the time loop. Outer Wilds received critical acclaim and several Game of the Year awards, including at the 16th British Academy Games Awards. And there you have it. 
Now let's get on with the show, kids. Here comes my chat with John Lovett about Outer Wilds. The jumping off point for all of these conversations is just your origin story with whatever we're talking about. So do you remember hearing about this game the first time, getting turned on to it? Um, I don't. I Annapurna is a distributor of video games, and they've had this really interesting record of finding um, and of finding really cool indie games. And the person I was dating at the time. I think turned me on to this game and it's the kind of game where it's best, I think experienced knowing nothing. And I went in knowing nothing and it's really, it's really challenging at first if you don't know a thing about it. Um, But then you, it's, it's very rewarding once you actually crack what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of the reviews that I read in preparation for this uh, say essentially that like, uh, there are some really cool things. I'm going to give you like broad strokes, just kind of a rough outline, but I don't want to tell you anything because we don't want to spoil like the amazing details and whatever. But also that thing about like, you know, not having any real guidance um, and having to work things out for yourself, which is, again, part of the fun of it. And part of what makes it amazing is that it's like landing in this world and having to figure out just how to make things work before you can get to the good stuff. And yeah, it just seems amazing to let you do that hard work on your own and then moving on to even more like puzzly stuff. Yeah. It's really incredible. Uh, are space games a genre that you uh, live in a lot? No, it's, I love, my favorite games are what are called Soulsborne games. Bloodborne, Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3, uh, Sekiro, Elden, uh, um, uh, Elden Ring, which just came out. From These are from a company called From Software. They are extraordinarily difficult games. They do not hold your hand. They do not run you down a corridor like a game like The Last of Us or Uncharted, where a lot of the game is just um, the game walks you through different cutscenes take you to the next act and then you play out the next act and then you get a cutscene and you do the next act after that. These games aren't like that. And uh, a lot of the games I was exposed to over the last few years have been me going into them knowing nothing, which has been a really great way, I think, to go into them. The thing about Outer, Wall- World, Outer Wilds that I love is less that it's a space game and it's more, it's similar to, it actually is similar to a game called Hades, Although that game is what's called procedurally generated in that every time you play, there's a new, the the game kind of regenerates a new version of it for you to play or Dark Souls or Bloodborne or Elden Ring, which the the world kind of resets every time you die. And what allows you to move forward is that you gain skills or knowledge. What makes Outer Wilds, I think, one of, if not, I I would say Outer Wilds is my favorite game of all time. I think it's, and I believe it is one of the greatest video games ever made and i say that because there are games that have amazing gameplay there are games that have amazing stories there are but there are few games that have successfully merged the gameplay and the story in such a way that it couldn't be told as a movie it had to be experienced as a game it it is a little bit like 
it lives in the genre almost of like Groundhog Day or Edge of Tomorrow in that the world resets and all that's changed is you know something you didn't know the day before. That's what Outer Wilds is all about. But to have it in a game where every time the game resets, the only thing you're armed with is what you learned the previous playthrough. There is, and, and in a lot of games, that's the gimmick, but it changes. The world adapts and grows and changes. You beat a boss, you gain a new sword, you have a new gun or whatever, you get an amulet. In Outer Wilds, the moment the game begins, if you know the answer, you can get to the end of the game. You, the game can be resolved. The only thing you don't have is, is information in your mind, not in the game world. There's nothing you unlock. There's nothing that changes. The way you finish the game the final moment you play it, the world is identical to how you found it. The only thing that's different is that you've learned enough to be able to beat it. So it almost can't be spoiled. You, you, can't be, you can't really learn. You can't be told how to win. You can Google hints, I suppose. But the only way to experience the story of the game is to play the game. And it couldn't work in any other format. It had to be a game. It has to be this thing. And it is a beautiful story an incredibly moving story told in the slightest way. I, I love, I, I can't express to you how much I love Outer Wilds. And I even reached out to the creators and I tried to tell them how much I loved it. And they were like, oh, wow, thanks. Always nice to meet a fan. It's like, no, no, I'm trying to tell you. What, what the fuck? I'm trying to tell you. I'm not just, I'm not some, I'm telling you this is like one of the best games ever made. End of thought. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I guess, you know, like what you were saying about games like Last of Us, where it is very cinematic. It feels like mm -hmm. it's, it's very obvious that the translation to the TV show was going to be seamless. Yeah. Um, and with something like this, there is narrative structure. There is a story there, but it's more like you are living the story. You have to um, experience, like you said, experience the story for yourself. It's not about having it delivered to you. Um, and you're just kind of moving through a story that someone is kind of uh, pushing your way. Yeah. And it's, yes. And it's beautiful. It's also like Last of Us, Last of Us has an incredible story. And I actually think does in the way that without spoiling The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2 does this as well. Um, it actually, and similar to uh, uh, Bioshock, in the way the story concludes, it asks you to grapple with the kind of violence you do in a video game. You know, there's this debate that's happening, that's been happening online about how some of the most sophisticated games you will ever play, Bioshock, Returnal, a lot of games with beautiful, subtle, interesting, philosophical storytelling. That storytelling takes place in between just bouts of violence in which you would be one of the most destructive murderers in the history of, of American life, right? You're just in, in Bioshock infinite, you mow down hundreds and hundreds of people on your way to telling this subtle and pretty story about love. And I think Bioshock, the first one, last of us in the end, last of us two, in the way it sets you up against, um, sets up a fight between two characters you care about actually kind of the twist is saying, look what you've been doing for you for the last couple of hours. You've just been a mindless murderer over and over again, feeling nothing as you stab and shoot and kill, which I think is what makes that that's, I think for last of us, it's a kind of 
I think it's what made it special and what made it the right thing to adapt because it does grapples with the violence of the game and your motivations, but it's not, it, it is a movie you play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Outer Wilds, uh, you are dealing with destruction, um, you know, the, the literal end of the world, but it's this almost meditative, it's, it's thinking about issues like the creation of the universe from uh, a place that's about exploration, about uh, it's thoughtful. Yes. I mean, to, to look for someone listening to this who hasn't heard of or seen the game, uh, basically you wake up and you discover that you are part of a dying world and every two twenty and every 22 minutes, the universe explodes and you're right back where you started. And there's only 22 minutes left. And you keep replaying these 22 minutes as you try to understand what happened before you woke up and what happened to the, the wiser, ancient, more advanced species that came before you. And as you explore that, you watch as they grapple with the power of knowledge, the risks of exploration, the dangers of trying to learn more about the universe, because obviously it has set up this catastrophic event that you are participating in over and over again. And you are, as the protagonist, are from this like this this species that has come later and is trying to keep trying to understand and and learn from these advanced aliens that you've never met. Uh, and trying to find meaning in exploration, even though every 22 minutes, the whole world is destroyed. And it's beautiful and sad. And there's, and it's about death, and it's about what it means to strive, even though you will ultimately not be able to fulfill or experience the fruits of what you've been trying to do. And because you, as the person playing the game, are, are learning this, very slowly and and having these incredibly fun little breakthroughs, the game itself becomes a little bit of a metaphor for like the act of exploring and, and scientific discovery, because you get the thrill of flying to the bottom of a planet and finding a key that unlocks something on a planet. You won't be able to get to this cycle. You have to die again, go back, figure out all these different pieces and you unlock the mystery of what happened. And it's quite poignant. I mean, like I haven't played this game in four years. I'm like, I'm emotional thinking about the end of this video game, a video game, in which you don't know your character's name. And the character never says a word except kind of goes like ah, 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 when he dies. I mean, you just, it's beautiful and there's never been a game like it. And there's never been a game that has, it's also, um, it's completely open. You have, a, you find a spaceship, the spaceship can break, you die because you reset. There's no stakes. I mean, the stakes, the, the stakes are trying to understand what happened, but, it's a very hard game to play. It doesn't hold your hand. It doesn't care if you die. It doesn't tell you why you died. Just keep resetting and you keep learning and you keep learning. And like, I know that if I tried to play the game right now, I'd be starting from scratch because what I learned over the course of playing this game for 10 hours is an incredibly intricate and complicated puzzle that you have to solve in 22 minutes. And the whole game ultimately resolves in you figuring out how to unlock all these different things in 22 minutes. And, um, I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I truly love it. We are going to take a teeny tiny microscopic break, and then we'll be right back. Uh, The responses that I've seen from other people who love the game as well, that convention of having these little 22-minute chunks 
can be frustrating if you feel like you're, you know, onto something. So frustrating. But also encourages you to kind of focus your uh, goal for that 22 minutes so that you say, right, I'm going to go to this planet. I'm going to try to do this thing. This is the thing that I'm working on. Um, and with open world stuff, you know, I'm thinking like uh, my husband plays a lot of games and he was really obsessed with the Elite games when he was a kid. And when um, Elite Dangerous came out, he was really excited for it and then was just like, this is too much space. There's too, I can't, it, there's just like, how can I deal with all of this shit? Um, so having that kind of the ability to explore a lot, but also out of necessity, having to kind of focus your journeys and focus the tasks that you're trying to achieve, um, I think make, makes it, it doesn't make it easier, but it makes it, uh, you know how to, you have to compartmentalize each, each part, each thing that you're trying to do. Yeah. And you slowly, um, you are trying to figure out what happened, not just to this ancient species, but also to the explorers of your own community that have gone out and you haven't heard back from because they've been trying to crack this code together, this small community of aliens on this tiny little world. You discover in this very cute way that that basically in some ancient text that they were the, you know, in the, they were the, you know, for these aliens, they were the mice that evolved. We were the mice that evolved into the people in the same way that, you know, the mam the mammals when the, when the meteor came. So they, these ancients, we were little frogs to them, just little creatures. And we evolved in this world into these exploring things for the very first time, trying to figure out what happened. And we, right when we reach space, the whole universe explodes and we don't know why. And you kind of go searching for your friends who've been vanished, who've kind of gone off in different directions and you find them and you find them and you learn from them. Like what happened? What happened? Why did you, how did you get here? How did you get stuck here? Um, and you slowly untangle this mystery of this little, by being part of this tiny little space program by these, you know, humanoid frogs that just put on their little helmets and their ships are made of wood and they're very sweet and they just are striving and they're very cute and you're, and they're, and they just want to understand and they can't, they can't figure it out. Um, yeah, which is very poignant. Yeah. And that's another thing that seems to be a common thread in people's reactions to it. Like there was a, an article that somebody wrote for The Guardian where he's like a dad who's in his 50s and he's trying to connect with his 18-year-old son. And his son is like, this is the game that means the most to me. This is the thing that if you want to understand me, play this game. Yeah, absolutely. I'm literally on the verge of tears. I haven't <laughs> thought about that. I can't understand. It's embarrassing. This game is amazing. I don't, it's, um, I do think also as I think games, it's, a, it's an exciting time because there just are more of more of these indie games, these smaller games, you know, obviously there are your, your calls of duty, uh, your moderns warfare, but, but it's exciting that there are these smaller companies, um, uh, Mobius digital is the one that made this that are experimenting um, and it's a much more experimental art form than movies right now. Even the most daring and interesting of movies right now, it's still a movie. You know the structure. There's a beginning, there's a middle and end, if you're lucky. But with games, you know, they can be an hour, they can be 10 hours, they can be side-scrollers, they can be open worlds, they can be corridors, they can be basically this, a kind of loop that you replay over and over again. They could be shooters, they could never allow you to interact with an object and you just kind of wander around a space. There's just a lot more, there's a lot more um, variability in what it means to be a game right now. Right. 
and you know, I think there is a, a bit of a comparison to what has happened with TV, where there are so there's so much content, so much content, golden age, but it's overwhelming. And uh, you know, I think um, the difference with games is that it's people actually uh, participating in what's happening instead of being you know a passive uh, viewer and. Like you said, with indie gaming, um, it, you know that again can be overwhelming. There's like essentially an infinite number of games that are coming your way, and if you're trying to look through a gaming store, it's just like you know, casually looking through things. You can go down a rabbit hole for hours and hours, seeing all these new things that sound interesting. But it's also incredible, and it means that it's not just these huge studios that have all this money and have all this power that get to dictate the games that people are playing and everybody is playing the same 10 games. It's so, uh, it can be so specific. You can find games that are exactly your niche. And it's like, I want something that's, you know, I can kind of sit and contemplate and feel uh, calm, or you can have something that's really intense and you murder everybody in the world. Um, But finding something like this that is uh, kind of fits who you are so well and speaks to you so much um, is still kind of amazing because there is so much content. There are so many games. It's interesting, too, that like that video games also mean, unlike every other, unlike movies or TV shows, you can't really have a two screen experience. You're not you can't be distracted Mm -hmm. when you're playing a game. You have to be keyed in. You have to be paying attention. I think that's really good. It's a really nice aspect of it that it's <laughs> it is more like a book. I find that I like when I'm playing a game, like every night I will watch something before I go to sleep. A show, whatever, sometimes on my phone, if it's something special like a succession. But no, you put your phone down. Yeah. You pay attention. They work very hard on this. But with games, I find that I'll go weeks, months without touching a controller. And then I'll dive into something and it'll be more like a book experience where you basically go from not having paid, not having been doing anything, playing it to playing it all to four hours, a Saturday gone because you started playing at noon and then all of a sudden it's 8 p.m. And that's another really great aspect of games. And it's interesting because all the talk about how distracted people are and how low their attention spans are, video games, video games keep growing and they demand and hold attention for hours and hours and hours mine included yeah and i think they're a huge part of what's gotten people through the last few years having that ability especially when people were stuck in their homes feeling like it's a way to experience at least the illusion of outside space and um you know having something else to do besides just staring at your hands yeah i did i um i had an oculus during the pandemic and I would set up a little room and then I really did like, like, you know what, I'm going to turn on the, uh, you know, you can change in the Oculus. You can change the, um, the home layout from mm-hmm. like a, you can make it like a, a Swiss chalet or a Japanese garden. And I just made it the most expansive space possible, even though I was in a little room before I played Beat Saber for five hours. <laughs> There's a part of me that like at all times, I, I want to walk up to people on the street and say like, Look, you don't know me. I'm so much better at Beat Saber than you think. <laughs> you have no idea how good I got at Beat Saber during the pandemic, and nobody knows. You know that that meme about like 
look at these people. They don't know I'm a, I'm a certified forklift driver. That's how I feel about Beat Saber. I feel like, look at me. Everybody's walking down the street like I'm a normal person. You don't understand what I can do at the hardest levels of Beat Saber after this pandemic. It would shock you to see what I'm capable of. I'm like one of those. I could be. I, I could start a, a Twitch channel <laughs> of just me doing Beat Saber. I think that would be really cool. I think that's what I'm gonna do after we hang up. I think it's time. Yeah. I think people need to see me, just have the have the uh, tenacity and dexterity and hand eye coordination of um, uh, a loser teen. <laughs> that's my dream. That sounds like a really good plan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it is interesting. I don't know how transferable those skills are beyond the uh, yeah. I don't either. World of, I wasn't. Yeah. I was transferring them to Beat Saber. I wasn't <laughs> trying to find a new. I wasn't trying to. Um, I'm not looking to get a job building things quickly on like a factory line. Well, I mean, I guess that option is there. I'm just happy to do Beat Saber. Sometimes it can be for the thing itself. I mean, maybe capitalism is making you feel as though we must find some useful and 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 money making efficient scheme from Beat Saber. But I'm saying I can appreciate it for its own sake. I don't need it to be something else. I don't need to make me anything. Can it be for the love of it? Can it be for the sabering of the beats? Point taken. Isn't that enough? Yes. To watch the beats be sabered? Okay. Yes. Glad we settled that. Yes. Yeah. What are we talking about? <laughs> and, we're, and this is going to be on a podcast. Yes. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. And we're started. We've started. Yes. Just. Yes. Okay. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> uh, in in addition to that, uh, you know, feeling like you've accomplish something by uh mm-hmm. completing these games um I, I guess again uh that feeling of like going on a journey filling the space when you have been so isolated that games like this i it feels like people have a um a much bigger a more personal connection to than something that's just like shooting constantly that's constant action i mean like i don't play games because they make me puke i'm like kind of animal Uh crossing anything that's 2d i can handle sure um but watching this stuff that my husband's played like he uh breath of the wild uh was kind of his pandemic game and it's the same kind of feeling where it's like escape but also um feeling so invested in the story feeling like it's i i think the comparison to a book is apt that it it feels like you're spending time with a story and yeah. the, I, I don't think that film and TV is disposable, but it is something that you can you know, consume in little bites and it doesn't necessarily, I mean, unless you want it to take up a lot of your time. And that is something that I think is really unusual and great about the medium of uh, games is that it really does absorb so much of your attention and, and um, provide you with this, other worlds to be absorbed into when you know shitty things are happening like a pandemic yeah i played um i played ghost of tsushima uh when i took a week off and i think the summer of 2020 it's probably right check the dates of the games i think that's right and that was a beautiful open world game very much like breath of the wild in its own way and it had this photo mode where you could basically step out of the game and just take pictures of the landscapes and it really was a nice break i really did love kind of going and figuring out how to take just like putting my character in funny positions or interesting poses and then pulling back and creating like a little photo shoot of these vistas 
inside of this game world. It's a beautiful game. Really fun game. Open world, um, like Breath of the Wild. Um, but yeah, it was nice having those games with the sort of stunning open spaces during that time, which you don't think, which you gonna, we all don't think about as much. Yeah. That August 2020 time where we're like, ah, we're almost done. <laughs> it's almost over. It wasn't. No. It wasn't. Little did we know. Yeah. Played a lot of games on my couch, though. Man, I, 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 uh, I went through a lot of games during the pandemic. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Yeah. What a time. What a time. And it's uh, kind of still not over. I mean, I hope we've gotten through. And it's not. And the thing about it is that it is not over. It is not over. It isn't. Uh, I think that is a lovely and optimistic note to uh, finish on. Is it? <laughs> um, is it? Is it? <laughs> it is not. Um, thank you so much. This has been really fun. I really appreciate you making time for me. Thanks for having me. This was great. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, you too. All right, have a good one. You too. Take care. See, I told you, an utter delight. Thanks again to Love It for chatting with me. Love It or Leave It, the Errors Tour starts on June 22nd, and you can and should buy tickets for it right now. Okay, quick spark of the week from me. There's a show on Peacock. Did you just fall asleep? Or at least did you say, there is nothing of value on Peacock? Hey, for the most part, I agree with you. There are winners and losers in the streaming wars, and Peacock is very much losing right now. But maybe their fortunes are starting to change because I've been watching Mrs. Davis, and it's really fucking bonkers and amazing. It is co-created by Damon Lindelof, who created Watchmen and The Leftovers and Lost. So clearly he likes making weird shit. But this show is next level batshit in the best possible way. I don't want to say too much about it because I went into it blind and I really think that's the way to go. But to give you some skeletal information, it's very light in tone. The pacing is incredibly zippy and it stars Betty Gilpin, who I love. Uh, You might know her from Glow or Nurse Jackie. She is the best. So give Mrs. Davis a try. Help keep the lights on at Peacock. It'll be your good deed for the week. And that is about it. Please follow me on social media at Spark Parade. And please go back through the exciting Spark Parade back catalog and listen to every single episode at least once. More if possible. And uh, other than that, celebrate the start of Pride Month by doing the gayest shit you have ever done. I dare you. And until next time, bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.